and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today in the show, we're going to be talking a little more about what's new as we go into the 2023 crop season. Uh, I don't know where harvest is at on your farm, obviously, but I can just tell you on our farm, we're taking a bunch of silage out right now. We're going to do high moisture corn next week. So our corn's all going to be off here by the 1st of October. And it won't be long after that. Beans will be off. We're already done for the year cutting our alfalfa. So, I, I mean, our harvest on our own farm here is already half done. And it's a good feeling, I can tell you. But because of that, because we're so far along, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about, all right, what what uh, what's 23 going to look like? And I mean, I'll be honest, this year wasn't the best year ever on our farm, uh, but it's not bad. I mean, those the yields aren't, aren't going to be there just because we haven't had a lot of rain, but the price is good. And I mean, I think we're going to turn out fairly decent, but I'm always hoping we can do better the following year. So anyway, today during the show, we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit about some new things coming out for 2023. If you've got any questions for us or if there's anything you'd like to talk about that's happening on your farm, you can give us a call, 844-44-AG-PHD, or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. All right, so I got my brother Darren joining us as well. Uh, Darren, anything you wanted to start with as we uh, as we begin the show today? Otherwise, we're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag pretty quick here. Well, I guess I'd add to the discussion earlier here of late-season scouting. Now is the time when plants start to fall apart. And if you're out there looking, you can see, all right, what is the weak link in my operation? Is it disease control? Is it insect control? Is it hybrid selection? What, what is it? What's going on out there? And when you see nutrient deficiencies on leaves, you see plants running out of gas here in the fourth quarter, uh, that's got to raise some red flags about what you do with your fertility program going forward. So it's a great time to be out in fields and evaluating everything that you did this year. All right. With that, I had a question come in that does relate to kind of what you're talking about a little bit here. So let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's the mailbag. All right. This question comes in from Jordan in Northeast Iowa, and he says, guys, I'm sending you some of my tissue samples. Here's the concern. My sodium levels have risen dramatically and they have. Like in June, what I'm seeing here is his sodium levels were quite low and, and they're considered sufficient by this um, plant tissue test. But in his August 8th report, uh, it looks like they sent the sample in August 4th. So early August, we're talking here. All of a sudden, that sodium went to excessive and roughly four times the level that his lab, and it's Midwest Labs here, four times the level the Midwest Labs says is the norm in soybeans at that growth stage are four. So he's wondering, uh, could it be the water that we're using? He says, I took a water sample this spring, and the only things that uh, came into potential problems it showed was conductivity, hardness, and total dissolved solids. He says fungicide, insecticide, and foliar feeding was done July 14th um, or on July 20th. But he said, my fields get hog manure. Jordan, that's the deal. You've got soil levels, I'm assuming, that are too high in terms of that sodium level. I would like to see your soil tests, and then we're going to have an idea. But 
uh, this exact same thing, what you're going through, has happened to us on our farm. Not often, but we have overdone it on manure. And then our the you can see it in the soybean plants. They get stunted. The leaves get all crinkled up. We have problems out there because we've put too much manure on that field. So anyway, that's my guess as to what your problem is. And this is something that we talk about all the time here on the show. We want to be really careful because manure has a couple of things in it. Sodium and salts. And if you overdo it on either one of those, you got a real problem. Darren, you just picked up some new ground this year, and we put it on what I would term an excessive rate of manure. But why don't you just talk real quick about why you were comfortable doing that? Well, I was for a couple of reasons. One, when we were going to put on higher rates of manure, we went deep. So we were trying to go around 12 inches deep. Didn't always accomplish that. We also had a little compaction we ran into out there on this new ground in spots, but uh, we tried to go deeper. That way we had a larger volume of soil to mix that manure with. And, you know, that's just something to think about. And then the other thing is, uh, look at how deep your roots were at each of those tissue test dates. By the later date, you probably had some roots that were a little deeper, maybe exploring some soil they hadn't got to before. Did you run into one of those bands of manure? How did you apply the manure? And, you know, a lot of times we're seeing guys putting them on in, in bands or even, you know, hey, I'm, I'm mixing everything up. But are you really? You know, where is that manure going in? And is it really super concentrated in certain spots? It could be that you ran into one of those super concentrated spots, too, where you just took on a whole bunch later in the season. So I, I know a new ground that's low in fertility the temptation, just like it was for me, is to put on too much. Uh, but if you're going to do that, if you can do it in the fall rather than the spring, that's great. And if you could do it at a deeper soil level, that's even better too. All right, next one comes in from Trevor. He says, hey, guys, so adding potash will raise base saturation K. Our tests are all around 2%. Then we added 200 to 300 pounds of potash, variable rate. He also says 13 years ago, we were in the $300 to $400 range for potash. Well, now it's $1,200 in Canada, but we're still piling it on. Now, Trevor, yes, if you add potash, you're going to raise your soil K levels. But the thing is, I don't know what your cation exchange capacity is. In other words, where I'm going with this is if you have super heavy ground, it's going to take a lot more than two or 300 pounds to get your base saturation K from 2% up to 4 Darren, do you have anything quick? Yeah, and you have to raise it more than what crop removal is going to be. So right. even at those rates that you're putting out there, you probably aren't going to raise it much because your crop's going to remove most of that. Especially if you figure two years, because a lot of people only put potash on once every two years. Well, in two years on our farm, I will just tell you, we're using more than that just with crop removal alone, and that's not even figuring some of the silage you're taking off and everything else. So anyway, yeah, it takes a lot of K to build soil test levels. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. 
When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's Zealpro Miticide from Valent USA. With next-level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make Zealpro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Ag PhD has one mission, to give you the knowledge you need to make your farm more successful. That's why every issue of the Ag PhD Insider Magazine features crop fertility and pest management tips, insights into the world's highest yielding farmers, updates and results from our infield research trials, as well as the latest agronomy information from Brian and Darren Hefty. We put it all in one place so you can make your farm more productive and profitable. Subscribe to the Ag PhD Insider at agphdinsider.com. It's planting season. Race against the clock season. Mistakes can't happen season. And no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster. That makes your spacing and depth more accurate. And that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gainground. Back to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today we're talking about what's new for 2023. But we're also taking your calls and questions. Jim's calling in from South Dakota. Hey, Jim, how are you today? Good. How are you guys? Doing great. Here you got a question about fence lines. I've got several questions. I don't know if you have time, but I'll make them quick. Um, I guess the spraying a fence line, this is a good time of year. Everything's dying and drying down. I've got to do some fence work and probably get some cows I can depreciate, get some bread cows and not pay quite as much in taxes, which is a good problem to have. But um, what would you use? I've got, you know, some Roundup on hand. I've got some 2,4-D. Um, well, I've got some of that stuff that's supposed to burn it for a year. Yeah, so it depends you know? on what you're trying to accomplish here. So normally, if we're talking fence lines between fields or around field borders, we don't want to kill all the grass. Mm-hmm. So that takes Roundup out. And I don't like okay. dicamba because it drifts all over the country. So what I would use is Freelix. That's the new 2,4-D that doesn't volatilize. So if it's me, that's what I'm going to use. All right. And and I can't use the regular old 2,4-D I got. Well, you can. It's, well, sure you it's, can. It's, it's just it's going to it's going to drift it's going to drift all over the country. So, but I, I mean you certainly right. can use that. Um, and I, I would just say if you're going to whether it's Freelix or old 2,4-D, you want to be using at least a couple pounds of active per acre. So that'd be like two quarts of Freelex, two quarts of LV4, or a quart and a third of LV6. Just make sure you're using a high rate and also get it done before your first killing frost. You'll have better luck that way. Okay, and then one other quick question may I have or not? Sure, yeah, go ahead. Kosher and wheat. Brother-in-law was out, was out west yesterday, out by Nida, got a lot of troubles. Yeah, they did that. Is it Wide Master and RT3? They've sprayed. They did a had to do it a month ago before you could combine. It's back. It hit it again yesterday. It's just thick and and I think one time you told me. Oh, okay. Are is this going to go into winter wheat this fall, or you just need to he'd burn like stuff to. down for the? He'd, okay, he'd like to, but great. It doesn't have to because he's got to get it under control. It's been two yeah. years. It's been wild and. 
Yeah, no, that's fine. So, no, no, I mean, killing kochia for for wheat's actually pretty easy anymore. You just start with two ounces of sharpened pre-emerge, and if you have stuff to burn down, so let's say that the kochia's gotten big. Let's say it's even six inches or a foot tall. What would I do if it was me? I, I mean, it's it's just it's really tough and it all depends on how long until you're going to seed that winter wheat but i have to assume it's going to happen pretty fast sharpen's got good burn down besides the residual so i'm going to get the sharpen out there for residual if nothing else but with the burn down if you want to spike up the burn down you could throw crop oil with it or methylated seed oil and if you really wanted to, if the stuff was really big and tough, you could always throw a Gramoxone with it. Now, there are other products out there like Banvel, for example, but you can't use Banvel at a high rate in front of wheat. So that's what I would do pre-emerge and then post-emerge. I like either Wide R Match or Husky FX. So there was old Wide Match, and now that's basically been replaced by Wide R Match that's got a 2,4-D replacement product in there, so it's better. And there's Husky FX, so that basically replaces the old Husky and adds the starring active ingredient, so you get Husky FX. So either way you go, sharpen down, then post-emerge either Wide R Match or Husky FX, and you will have all your kosha under control, as long as you get do a good job uh, getting good spray coverage. Okay, and you can you could do that right now if we're going to plant in a week or so, two. We could we could put the sharp in and the yep and the yep gramoxone. Yeah, you can't you can't put two four D out there anymore. So yeah, you're, now, you're I'm sorry, yeah. not two four D roundup or something like that. Well, okay. yeah, it's just roundup isn't going to kill that kochia. So if it's me and I'm going to spend the money anyway on roundup, which isn't going to kill the kochia, I just spend the money on gramoxone, and then it's for sure dead. So if About it's how much gramoxone, Brian, would you say? It all depends on the formulation that you use. So just talk to your retailer about that because there are different formulations of gramoxone and generic. But uh, you just throw in a standard rate of gramoxone, two ounces of sharpen, some crop oil, and you will have everything burned down in that field for sure. And I had told him this, I think a month and a half or two ago, I talked to you about it. And I just talked to him before I called you. My brother in line said, well, the the co-op, they don't deal with sharp and they, that isn't carried by them. That's why I wondered. So he's yeah. going to have to go get some up and get his bird. Okay. Yeah. There's All a, right. And yeah, then. Uh, yeah. there. I mean, sharpen is the answer pre-emerge. There's nothing else that's real good pre-emerge. Sharpen is what you have to use in front of winter wheat. Right. And uh, your soil testing in the fall again after harvest, like your silage is off probably now? Yep. Just started soil testing yesterday. That's a great. I remember last year how much you showed up with the N and stuff, and and I've, I I showed uh, your brother that stuff. I think at the meeting in in uh, Freeman. Oh, I sent it to you too. I think how much was out there this year with the the warm weather and the breaking yep. down. I think a lot of it is. Yep. Yep. Okay. A lot of carryover in. All right, Jim. Hey, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Good luck out there. Thanks for the help. Bye. You bet. All right. Next, we're going to go to the state of Illinois. Got Jeff Kaiser calling in with New Farm. Hey, Jeff. How are you today? Hey, hanging right in there, Brian. Hanging right in there. Excellent. So we're talking about new products as we go into 2023. What are you discussing with farmers and agronomists from New Farm? Uh, so the two products that we can touch base on here today is Precinct. Precinct is our Mephanoxin brand. It's a four-pound uh, gallon material that uh, we're incorporating into our blends and winter wheat blends now. So as our customers are uh, treating wheat, we're utilizing the Mephanoxin brand Precinct for both lethal and sublethal pythium protection. Uh, so we're upgrading our metal axle offering with, with Precinct. 
and moving forward with that. And then uh, within the next 18 months, uh, New Farm will have some finished goods that has precinct in it. But for this fall, uh, we're, we're going ahead and launching our precinct on wheat and then positioning it on soybeans for spring use. So sure. that's kind of where we're at with it. Um, we've had it uh, registered in the United States, and we look to have uh, registration in California here before the end of September. And so I think it's registered in all states at this time okay. uh, for growers' use. Yep. So that'd be the first product we can touch base on. Sure. Awesome. Um, the What's second, the other one? Uh, Trinemco. Trinemco is our uh, nematicide for corn, cotton, and soybeans. Uh, we've gotten some response back from the Georgia area where we've used Trinemco on cotton seed and seeing the reduction in reniform uh, and also root knot nematode and uh, the potential bull count increase of almost 40% where we had Trinemco on that cotton seed in a field application in Georgia here this year. Uh, corn in the Midwest and corn, we're using it on corn uh, to provide protection against lesion and other live nematodes in corn. Uh, what we're finding there is that uh, with that healthier root system, we're not seeing the tip back on the corn at all where it used Trinemco, so it's finishing well. Uh, we look for it to have a little bit better test weight and, and a little bit better ear fill with this later rains, so that early uh, season nematode protection is paying off in the weather conditions that we have now in the ice states for corn. Uh, and soybeans, um, looking for the use of Trinemco against soybean cyst nematode, and I think all of us have seen in a lot of the soybean fields where we've got some sudden death creeping in, and uh, that soybean cyst nematode uh, does allow for uh, a vectoring in the root system for sudden death later on in the season. So uh, for, for right now, our Trinemco uh, treated soybean plants looks healthy, and we're continuing to have pod fill and uh, taking advantage of these later rains because uh, the plants are healthy, and it looks like um, we'll bump up against the maturity range of soybeans that they planted rather than having you know, early death from sudden death or some other disease pressures that's out there or insect pressures that's out there. So we've kept a healthier plant early on by uh, keeping that soybean cyst nematode from um, colonizing around the root, the Trinemco providing protection to that uh, soybean cyst nematode so it doesn't attack the plant. Yeah, and a lot of people talk a quick synopsis. Yeah, a lot of people talk about safety too, just human safety, and Trinemco is a very safe product, correct? That, that is correct, yeah. It carries a caution signal word. Um, it is considered chemistry, but it's, uh, it's extremely safe as far as handling. Uh, with the new uh, handling aspects of Trinemco, putting it on with the treater, um, we have uh, just gloves, goggles, and long sleeve shirt. So, um, you know, normally when you think about an nematicide, a nematicide that uh, you'd have to have extra uh, PPE protection uh, with Trinemco, uh, it's just uh, gloves, goggles, and long sleeve shirt. So, uh, safe, safe as far as uh, around the users that are applying it through the treating systems. All right, we've been talking with Jeff Kaiser. He is with New Farm, and again, it was Precinct. That's their new seed treatment product, wheat, pythium, and then spring soybeans, and then Trinemco, the nematicide corn, cotton, and soybeans. Jeff, thanks a lot for the time today. Appreciate it. Hey, hey Brian, I just yeah, go ahead. some final comments. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we had a fair amount of uh, customers this year that tried Trinemco. And New Farm is introducing this year for the first time the Top Grower Program. Yep. Uh, the Trinemco Top Grower Program can be found at newfarm.com. And we will be selecting one soybean grower that's used Trinemco in 2022 and awarding him $20,000. And also one cotton grower uh, that used Trinemco in 2022 with $20,000. So if you want to find out... Compromise is nice. 
if you're at the playground or scouring yard sales. But farmers know better that middle grounds have no winner. That's why there's Revitec fungicide, fast-acting and long-lasting, preventative and curative, disease control and stress reduction. So leave the settling to little Tommy at the seesaw, an old bargain bill, and take your full prize in yields with Revitec fungicide for uncompromised performance. Always read and follow label directions. Your schedule can change by the minute, making it hard to stay on top of the latest agronomy information. But at Ag PhD, we have some good news for you. If you miss an episode of Ag PhD TV or radio, you can catch up at agphd.com. With years of valuable content and latest episodes available to stream for free, you can continue building your agronomic knowledge on any schedule. While you're there, don't forget to check for upcoming Ag PhD events and workshops. Watch, listen, and learn at agphd.com. What if your herbicide was easy to mix and tough for weeds to resist? Anthem Flex Herbicide from FMC offers the most effective mode of action for spring and winter wheat, delivering long-lasting control of grasses and broadleaf weeds, including Italian ryegrass, rat-tail fescue, and downy brome, plus weeds typically resistant to glyphosate and Group 1 and Group 2 herbicides. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Every week for more than two decades, Ag PhD TV has provided agronomic information to make your farm more productive and profitable. In each episode, we discuss a wide range of topics covering everything from crop fertility, promoting soil health, improving the environment, pest control, and more. All designed to help you push your farm to higher yield goals and more profitability. Be sure to catch us on Tuesdays and Saturdays on RFD TV. Check your local listings or visit agphd.com to learn more. AgroLiquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. Most of all, AgroLiquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way, including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Thanks for listening today to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today we're talking about new products for 2023. And right before the break, uh, we were talking with Jeff Kaiser with New Farm, and he was just saying they have their top grower program. You can go to newfarm.com slash top grower to learn more. Top grower, all one word. Newfarm.com slash backslash top grower to learn more about their top grower program from New Farm. All right, so next on the show, we've got Brad Powell. He is with Bayer in South Dakota. Hey, Brad, how are you today? I'm excellent. How are you, Brian? Great. Uh, so, Brad, before we get to new things for 2023, I want to talk real quick about an old thing from Bayer that's been around for a while, but newer formulation, the 
Power Max 3 and just the price reduction that has occurred here over the last couple of months. Everybody, of course, is asking us, well, what's going to happen with the glyphosate price? I don't imagine you'd like to comment on that at all, would you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish I had that crystal ball. It would make it a lot easier to, uh, yep. to figure it out. But I guess the good news is uh, that glyphosate or the Roundup pricing for 2023 is in a better spot than it was for 2022. So the price has come down uh, and it hopefully is, makes it more affordable for the for the growers in, in the 2023 market and for the, some of this fall burn down for 2022 yet. At this point last year, we had the hurricane down in, uh, in in New Orleans, and that had shut your plant down. So when we're talking about supply, too, that was has been the other big question. There's ample supply of Roundup right now, isn't there? That's correct. Yeah, right now the plant is uh, up and running at full capacity, so that we hope that continues and we don't uh, have any interruptions from storms during the, the upcoming season. Yeah. So that's that's always the uh, the thing. I guess I never used to watch the path of the hurricanes very closely, but I'm I'm much more in tune to that now. For sure. All right. So new products or new uh, just uh, new things, yeah. new technologies sure. from Bayer going into 2023. What are what are the top things you're talking to people about? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first one is isn't brand new this year, but Presaro Pro kind of had an introductory in 2022. And it's one of the new exciting fungicides for wheat in uh, in that head scab and, and leaf disease market. Uh, the Prosaro Pro brings the higher rates of prothiaconazole along with the new SDHI uh, that is added in there, the flu pyram. So we're pretty excited about some of the yield results coming in from 2022 and looking forward to a, a bigger launch of that product for 2023. Yeah, I agree. Then, I, I do like that yeah. one. It's got th- two different triazoles in there and an SDHI. Exactly. So, yeah, so far yep. what we've seen has been great. All right, what were you going to yeah, say? What's the, next? Well, Trivolt is our, our new herbicide that we're launching into the corn market. There's a lot of excitement and a lot of buzz about that one. we got three three modes of action in there. It's got a group two with the thiancarbazone methyl or the TCM. Then we've got the group 27, the isoclopetol. And then the Group 15 Flufenacet. So it's uh, we're excited about what that can do. It brings some really good burn down into that. If you're looking at a no-till situation, excellent burn down uh, characteristic. And then really good long season residual with the uh, with that combination of products or modes of action in there. Can you go early post? We. We have a label for early post, but to be quite honest with you, we are, we're really recommending the pre-application rather than the early post. Yeah, I, I do too. It's just, you know what happens. Guys get going and it's like, ooh, my corn's spiking. Am I okay? Yep. I think in that scenario, a true spike situation, we absolutely can go. Uh, we just don't like to push it past that, that very early post window. Uh, we don't want to get up into a, you know, anything past a V1, V2, really, from right. an application timing. Yep, yep, definitely. All right, so Prosaro Pro, Trivolt, anything else? Yeah, well, from the seed and trait side, of course, we've got SmartStack Pro that we're launching, with, which is the new uh, RNA te- RNAi technology for 
corn rootworm control. We're excited about that, especially with some of the rootworm pressures that we've seen in 2022. We're going to need uh, some new bullets in the gun to go after that uh, corn rootworm uh, in 2023 so we're looking forward to what smart stacks pro can do there yep definitely all right presaro pro trivolt smart stacks pro a lot of stuff coming from bear brad powell thanks a lot for the time absolutely thanks brian you bet all right next on the show we got katie jager she is with syngenta seed care katie how are you today hey doing well brian how are you doing excellent so i wanted to talk to you just a little about cruiser max apex just talk to us what what is that what's the difference between like some of the old cruiser max products you've had yeah of course um first of all i appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about it uh we are excited to to bring it to market this year uh speaking of what what stands out with cruiser max apex if you think about what's in the premix it it is comprised of the components of cruiser max vibrance that i think a lot of the customer base is familiar with so it's those components with the addition of a new active ingredient, PCBX. So that's really where we're seeing holistically that superior protection against those early season insects and diseases, including reinforced protection on Pythium and Phytophthora specific to the addition of the PCBX. So a lot of people are probably going to say, well, my product that I've had before was fine. I'm, I think I'm okay with it. So why should somebody go to this? I mean, how much better is it on Pythium or Phytophthora or anything else? Yeah, and to to speak to that question, we should probably also think about the market, right? As we think about this last spring and the conditions that our customer base are planning into, there are a couple factors as to why the product is a fit. First of all, we know that guys are going earlier, guys or girls are, are going earlier than they have historically. If you look at the spring we had, you know, they were also probably not going into when they wanted to plant, but when they could get into the field in a lot of instances, um, given the fact that that cool wet weather was drawn out, I think far longer than some of the guys would have preferred. So with with that, you know, Pythium is more prevalent in, in a lot of those early acres, driving more of a need for a solution like this, first of all. Then if you look at the component PCBX, to speak to your question more specifically, so this is a new active ingredient. Um, it, it does have more intrinsic activity at, at lower levels than our current products on the market today. So basically that's saying it, it more active at lower rates and more consistent across the board. So unlike the market standards, there is no known cross-resistance to any other mode of action. So when you look at how that translates into the field, that's where we're seeing a lot better performance. How about residual? How long does this last? Because some people have been talking about, oh, the Phytophthora showed up a little late for me. Yeah, I would say I would say in general with with any seed treatment, I would say we're still looking at you know the first four to five weeks. I would say the level of protection is is greater due to the the things that I just mentioned. But I would I would stick with our same residual timeline as with our other seed treatments. What crops is Cruiser Max Apex going to be labeled on? Uh, so this is a soybean product. Uh, that I'm speaking to you about today. Um, 
Viantis itself is also labeled in corn, um, but Cruzamax Apex is a soybean-only seed treatment. All right. Any last comments you got for us, Katie, on Cruzamax Apex? Uh, no, sir. Just appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. You bet. Yeah, thanks a lot. Again, that's uh, Katie Jager. She is with Syngenta Seed Care. Katie, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it. So when we talk about these new products coming out for 2023, one of the biggest things that I would always, uh, that I will always say to you is try new things. Please try new things. That That's how we're all going to get better on the farm. And it, as much as you want, you can share that feedback with us. That'd be great. But I would tell you, too, we don't like trying things on the whole farm. Try it on a small scale first, test it out, and compare it to what you're using currently. And then you can see the difference yourself. And then you learn a little bit more, and you've taken a small step so you can take a bigger step later. We'll talk more new products right after this. Growing up on the farm, I woke up as early as mom and dad. I put as many hours on the tractor, changed as many teeth on the tiller as my brother's. It doesn't matter if you're young or old, man or woman. When there's work to be done, you put your boots on and you do it. I do that on my farm and in my job at Case IH. My name is Kelsey, I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. Don't turn your fertilizer application plan into a guessing game. Understand exactly how much fertility you need to reach your yield goals with the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal App. Simply enter your crop and your yield goal and the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal App calculates the amount of nutrition needed to keep your crop healthy and working for you. Quit playing guessing games with your fertility needs. Download the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal App today. Available on the Apple App Store and in Google Play. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. There's a new kind of crop protection in your territory, and it's always on the hunt. Howler Fungicide unleashes multiple modes of action for proven, broad-spectrum protection against soil-borne and foliar diseases. Start protecting your territory at agbiome.com howler. Condition your beans to 13% moisture and add semi-loads to your bottom line with an end zone or grain temp guard bin management system. Plus, with 13% off all models while supplies last, now is the best time to upgrade. Go to farmshopmfg.com. AgPhD has one mission, to give you the knowledge you need to make your farm more successful. That's why every issue of the AgPhD Insider Magazine features crop fertility and pest management tips, insights into the world's highest yielding farmers, updates and results from our infield research trials, as well as the latest agronomy information from Brian and Darren Hefty. We put it all in one place so you can make your farm more productive and profitable. Subscribe to the Ag PhD Insider at agphdinsider.com. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. 
It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Just talking about new products for 2023. Next on the show, we got Christine Two with Valent. Christine, how are things going for you today? Hey, I can't complain, Brian. It's great to be on. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. I guess I just wanted to talk to you about new products a little bit. So what's coming from Valent that uh, that we need to be looking forward to in 2023? Hey, the big news from Valent is a corn herbicide. We, uh, we're very excited to announce EPA approval and registration for Maverick corn herbicide this summer and are working on getting it out to retailers this winter for the 2023 corn crop. Uh, talk to us about number of modes of action, weeds control, timings, that kind of stuff. Just tell us a little more about this Maverick. Yeah, Maverick is three modes of action, highly effective residual herbicide with post-activity, proven control of water hemp, amaranth, mare's tail, annual grasses, all the big and ugly ones that uh, growers are talking about in the field. And those three modes of action are a really good combination of group four, 27 and 15 that for growers who are experiencing resistance in their weeds, this is going to give them a really nice option for the corn crop, whether you use it pre-plant or it's labeled all the way up to 18 inch corn if you can't get out there until later in the season. How about use rate? Because that's one of the big things. A lot of people talk about the high use rates with a lot of products out there. What's the use rate on Maverick? Uh, high end is 32 ounces. So we, we have a really nice low use rate, gives good options for mixing. It's a liquid formulation. And one of the things that we really like to talk about with Maverick is the flexibility, both with atrazine and for different seed traits and hybrids that you might be working with for your corn seed choices. Maverick is not tied to any particular system. So it really gives the grower the freedom to choose how they want to manage their crop. So what's it going to be available? What package sizes will it be available in this year? Bulk? Is it just shuttles, two and a halves? What can we find it in? So we're really looking at two and a halves this first year. It's going to be smaller package sizes, give growers a chance to get some experience with it. And um, then for that 24 crop, you start to expect to see it in bulk. Sure. So we are still working on those state registrations right now, and um, we've got the list on valent.com slash maverick, but what I'm looking at for our corn producers, looks like Nebraska and South Dakota, we don't yet have state approval, but everything else in that Midwest, upper Midwest band is good to go with Maverick. Yeah, for whatever reason here in South Dakota, we have almost no rules and regulations on anything else, except for when you want to get a new pesticide label, then we're usually last. So I don't know why, but it usually works out that way. But anyway, uh, I, we should be able to see that in, in not that long, I would expect. And at that point, then there will be pricing that retailers will have out in the marketplace, right? Absolutely. Expect to see more on that this winter. Yeah. Uh, anything else that you wanted to talk about other than Maverick today? You know, Maverick, the fact that Valent is getting into the corn herbicide market and coming out with a nice, strong premium corn herbicide option is the big news. 
And uh, we know that everybody who got to visit with our team at Hefty Field Day there in July got an advanced look at Maverick, and we're going to keep that conversation going. Yeah, I'm excited to use some on our farm. We've used some similar products in the past, and I I personally look at the I just I think it's nice that you can use it pre or early post. Quite frankly, I kind of like it in the early post window. That's what a lot of people are doing because we can get good burn down besides just the residual control. Well, and I'll tell you, I'm based down here in Missouri, and one of the things we always struggle with is moisture during planting season and you get out there when you can and the line between spraying corn and planting beans puts a lot of growers in a position to make some tough choices yep yep yeah that's for sure all right well again we've so been talking we're, ta- we're very oh, excited about this yep no very excited about this and appreciate the opportunity to highlight it and uh, what's new today you bet christine too with valent thanks for the time glad to be on All right, when it comes to new products for 2023, we're going to continue talking about many of them as we go here over the next few months. But there are a lot of ag companies that are out there. And when you see commodity prices where they're at today, there's just a lot of incentive for the companies to provide us better products because we as farmers have more incentive to gain higher yields. So I It's an exciting time in agriculture, and I know it's a little bit scary when commodity prices are high. You also see, unfortunately, a lot of our input costs have gone up. But you know what? When we can produce extra bushels and we can do that cost effectively, we can still do better financially on the farm. So it's just about making the right decisions for those agronomic choices that we've got to make. All right, we're going to get back to the Ag PhD mailbag here in just a second. Before we do, I just wanted to say if you would like to call into the show, we do have phone lines open, 844-44-AG-PHD. Again, that's 844-442-4743. You can also email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on Twitter, Ag PhD Media, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. So I'll be bringing my brother Darren back on the show here in just a second. I wanted to get to this next question from AJ, who says, uh, we farm in northern Indiana, and my question is, how do I lower my magnesium level? I've got my soil tests here. Is there a formula for how many pounds of ammonium sulfate to remove or flush out the magnesium? Now, I'm guessing adding some calcium would also add into the equation. This is coming out of seed corn production and going into soybeans next year. And then he closes by saying, thanks for all you do, especially Janelle, for having to put up with Brian and Darren. Um, yes, she's a saint, and uh, we're not easy to work with. But anyway... <laughs> No, it's fun. But, uh, oh, he added one last thing or a couple last things. Would elemental sulfur make more sense or how about OO50 sulfate of potash? So a lot of times, AJ, we look at both those last two products you mentioned as pretty expensive options, at least where we farm. Now, maybe where you're at, you've got a cheaper source for sulfate of potash or elemental sulfur, but those are very expensive products in our region, so we use them sparingly. Uh, so that's those typically are not our first choices just simply because of cost. 
But when I look at your soil tests, I see, okay, your magnesium level really isn't that terrible. You're, you're 22 to 29. Is it a little on the high side? Sure. But your pH is actually pretty good, mostly in the upper sixes to seven right in there. So not bad. But here's the big thing. When we talk about, okay, you want to flush magnesium out of your soil, you only have 105 to 170 parts per million. I'll be honest, I don't want to flush anything out of your soil. You've got relatively light soil. That cation exchange capacity is three to five. So I'm not flushing anything out. If anything, I'm going to add things to my soil typically. And when I look at your soil test, just for example, I look at, okay, your base saturation potassium looks good, but the problem is you, you have such light soil, we're only talking 40 to 100 parts per million of potassium, and that's not enough. And your phosphorus levels, 29 to 42, not enough for big-time yields, which I'm expecting you're wanting. Sulfur, boron, nitrogen, they're constantly going to be a problem in that light soil. So, I mean, that's why your levels are so low, because your soil can't hold those. It's not going to hold them for very long at all. You're going to have to be spoon-feeding on a regular basis with nitrogen, sulfur, boron. But normally what we figure, and this is something we picked up from Neil Kinsey years ago, is he always would say it takes two pounds of sulfur to drive out one pound of magnesium. So if you really wanted to drive out magnesium, you get sulfur out there. And also, a lot of people just need to flip their ratio a little bit and get a little more calcium out there. So that's why gypsum is so popular, because you're putting out both calcium and sulfur at the same time. But I'm not worried about that at all on your ground. I'm just worried about building. Darren, Darren any comments on that? Maybe we'll get Darren on here. Let's try that one more time. Darren, you got any quick comments? Well, whenever you have low CEC soil, it's different management than on the high CEC soil. So do take that into account. So I think, I think you're right on the money. All right. We'll get to more of your questions right after this. We're going to talk a little about fertilizing grass in a runway. Coming up next here on Ag PhD Radio. Early does it. Strong early season defenses against seedling insects and soil diseases are key to a successful season. The leader in Inferro Solutions, FMC, helps protect your fields from the start with a growing portfolio of Inferro innovations. You can't predict the future, but you can plant for it. Visit your FMC retailer or inferro.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions for use. Your schedule can change by the minute, making it hard to stay on top of the latest agronomy information. But at Ag PhD, we have some good news for you. If you miss an episode of Ag PhD TV or radio, you can catch up at agphd.com. With years of valuable content and latest episodes available to stream for free, you can continue building your agronomic knowledge on any schedule. While you're there, don't forget to check for upcoming Ag PhD events and workshops. Watch, listen, and learn at agphd.com. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. 
Downtime during spraying can lead to huge yield losses. Keep rolling with the Pentair Hypro Force Field. This pump features a unique self-regulated chamber that allows the pump to run dry while eliminating cracked seals, so you can spray longer and more reliably. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. What's new from New Farm? Leopard Herbicide brings you exceptional planting flexibility for soybeans, field corn, and cotton. Leopard provides your spray plans with a fall or early spring option to boost resistance management. And did we mention it's a highly compatible tank mix partner due to its ultra-low use rate? Ask your dealer for Leopard Herbicide. Available for fall. Every week for more than two decades, AgPhD TV has provided agronomic information to make your farm more productive and profitable. In each episode, we discuss a wide range of topics covering everything from crop fertility, promoting soil health, improving the environment, pest control, and more, all designed to help you push your farm to higher yield goals and more profitability. Be sure to catch us on Tuesdays and Saturdays on RFD TV. Check your local listings or visit agphd.com to learn more. When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's Zealpro Miticide from Valent USA. With next level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make Zealpro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com slash zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Thanks for joining us here on Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty along with my brother Darren. I told you before the break we were going to answer a question about fertilizing grass in a runway. So here's the question. This comes from Matt in Iowa. He says, guys, I got a small grass runway that I would like to fertilize this fall. The grass is a mixture of Kentucky bluegrass and various fescues. It was established about five years ago. The soil is predominantly uh, clay loam with CEC in the 20s and a soil pH of 7 or maybe just a little higher. Base fertility on NP and K was good when the grass was planted as the land was previously used in regular corn and soybean production. Now, my local agronomist looked at me with a blank stare when I asked him for his recommendation to fertilize a runway. Would you guys care to take a crack at it? Uh, What analysis would you put down this fall? Well, Matt... It would be irresponsible for me or Darren to give you a recommendation without looking at your soil tests, because otherwise we don't really know what what you've got sitting there already. I would tell you that normally when we're talking about grass, the nutrients that we see used the most are nitrogen and sulfur, but I don't know what you what you have in that soil. I. I The reason, by the way, that the nitrogen and sulfur are needed so much is they can leach away. Whereas your phosphorus and potassium, they're going to stay there. And if you think about it, if you just mow that and you aren't taking the grass off, which I assume, you just mow it, leave it there, then you're going to have the phosphorus and potassium basically getting recycled. They probably aren't going to leach away in a CEC. Well, they certainly aren't in a CEC of 20 or higher. So anyway, most likely it's going to be nitrogen and sulfur. You may need a little bit of calcium out there because I'm assuming you're going to have a little compaction out there too, since it's a runway. But yeah, if you want to send us some soil tests, we'd be more than happy to look at that. All right, next one 
is from Dave. He says, I see you guys recommend 7% potassium. My average is 3%. What would it take for me to achieve 7%? Please advise in pounds per acre. Uh, And he says his CEC is 8. His calcium 65 is magnesium 29. Okay. So when it's an 8 CEC, it's a lighter soil which is telling me that you don't have a lot of potassium in terms of parts per million to begin with. We don't necessarily recommend 7% base saturation potassium. We talk about that especially for trees and shelter belts, but we might want that out in a normal field situation just depending on what your soil's like and what all your where all your other nutrients are at. So I would tell you before you just automatically assume we want you to go to 7% base saturation potassium, I'd like to see the soil test. Let's take a look at it and talk about it a little bit. But anyway, just running the simple math, if you're at 3% right now on K and you want to go to 7, just take your current parts per million, convert it to pounds per acre. If Assuming this is a 6-inch test, just multiply times 2. So now you got pounds per acre, and then you take that times 7 divided by 3. And then that's going to tell you what your goal is to get to. So let's just use real simple math. Let's say that uh, this is 300 pounds that you had out there. You take 300 divided by 3. That gets you down to 100 times 7. You'd need 7. Your goal would be 700 pounds. So if you're already at 300, you got to get to 700. That means you'd have to apply 400 in my example. Okay, so... If you send us your soil test, then we can give you real numbers. But otherwise, that's how you would run the calculation. Darren, any other comments on light soils and potassium to, uh, I mean, just some words of wisdom you might have for Dave? Well, the other thing to think about is on these soils, like you say, at the 7%, that might not even be enough for what the crop is going to need. So you do have to kind of pay attention to that, too. What's crop removal? Add that on to whatever it would take to build up to 7% if you can even hold the seven. And then the other thing that I look at is just trying to build organic matter over time. So things like reducing tillage, raising crops with lots of roots, uh, cover crops, those kinds of things are all really important to try to build organic matter. So you can hold more nutrients and more water. Johan sent us an email. We were talking about how long can grain be stored on our Ag PhD TV show. And he said, they found ancient grain in the Egyptian pyramids. Maybe the pyramids were built for grain storage. <laughs> Thanks for that, Johan. We all need a laugh from time to time. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they weren't built for grain storage. But um, number one... Well, hey, they'd I hold d- up, Brian. They'd, they'd hold up better in the wind than some of these <laughs> grain bins have. That's for sure. Well, maybe so, we should start building grain bins in a pyramid heavy. shape. Yeah. I, I, it'd be a little tough. We'd, we know where all the moisture would go in that bin, in that, if it was shaped like a pyramid, it all head to the top. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. The next one here is from Joe who says, uh, hi, we have a question on soil fertility from Brazil. We get about 40 inches, 48 inches of rain every year for double crop soybeans and corn just from October to April. What would you recommend to increase phosphorus levels in the soil dry land? We apply. Yeah, go ahead. we actually just we actually just went through this one yesterday. Oh, okay. All right. Good. So I just kind of summarized some of those questions. So normally I'm the one reading these questions. Today. Yes. Brian reading the questions. So now you're reading all of the verbiage in there. But uh, yeah, the the soil tester. It's really interesting for for everybody listening today. That 
we get to see soil samples from all of them. And they do it different. And I know yesterday you commented, boy, in Brazil, they, they represent some things a little bit differently on the soil test. So you've got to kind of calibrate yourself, but uh, it's it's still pretty interesting. And, you know, in some of those really low pH soils, and that's what we found as we traveled to Brazil, is a lot of the area, like out in Mato Grosso, for example, there were just a lot of pHs that were in the fours, and trying to build them up becomes one of the first hurdles to raising a good crop. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about another foreign question. This is Samson from Zambia. He wanted to know if we have any openings for employment of foreign specialists. Uh, Samson, no, we don't, but I would say we're always open to any questions you have and uh, and any reports you want to give us from Zambia. There certainly are people here in the United States and, quite frankly, in a lot of countries around the world that are looking for more people if you are looking for something outside of Zambia. Right, and then the last question of the day, this one comes from Paul. He says, hi, guys, I want to know if there are any imaging tools available that I can use to show the effectiveness of utilizing practices like naturals or fertilizer on pastures. I see the value that crop farmers with yield monitors have to see the results of their new practices, and I'd like to have the same ability for pastures. Is there any such imaging systems that would work great with grazing economics? Darren, what do you think on that one? Well, there certainly are, and I just look what we're doing with silage corn this year on our own farm. Uh, we're using satellite imagery to see where areas of higher biomass are and lower biomass to to judge. Well, okay, if we see low areas, that that means they're dried down. So we, we're looking for somewhere in the middle as we're trying to pick which fields to run to to chop silage. So you may see some differences in in satellite imagery. Um, in your pasture as well, where you apply different products. You may also see that with NDVI uh, imagery from drones. Uh, there, there's a lot of different providers out there that have satellite imagery for little to no money, uh, like Climate Field View, for example, is free for a lot of bear customers. So that may be a, a cheap way to get in and at least see what some of the basic things would be, and then go for some more advanced tools as you make those pay. Yeah, there are a lot of satellite imagery companies and systems out there, but you mentioned the drone thing, and there are a lot of people using the UAVs and and imaging that way. So, I mean, a lot of different ways you can go there. The other thing that we're always going to talk to people about is soil testing. If you really wanted to take it to another level, you could do a little bit of tissue testing, and you certainly could at some point, if you really wanted to, keep the, the cattle off the pasture and cut the grass. And then you could find out how many tons you're getting on a per acre basis, if it ever came to that, that you wanted to go that far. But yeah, I think you're on the right track there, just saying, look, let's look at imaging and see what kind of differences we are seeing out in those pastures. But there's a lot that can be done in pastures and, and we say it all the time that you know what if a person starts treating the pasture like you would a great crop the odds are pretty high that you're going to be able to produce more tons and while we rarely ever think about pasture as a crop it is a crop now all of a sudden you're growing grass as a crop and the more grass you raise the more money you're going to earn on the farm so soil testing and all the basic agronomy things that we talk about are just as important in pastures as they are in any other crop. 
Well, thanks for joining us today. We uh, we hope you've enjoyed our show. And uh, before we go, I just want to say thanks to my sister Janelle. She was running the controls. And uh, thanks to all our guests we had on and everybody who called or wrote in with questions. We appreciate you. Thanks to you for listening. And be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.